No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. As we journey through life, it's important to periodically look back to where we've been and look ahead to where we're going. Today we see how the children of Israel looked back over 40 years of wilderness experience and looked forward to entering the promised land. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 33 on Simply the Bible. Each year in January, I write a letter to the people in our church looking back over the previous year and preparing for the year to come. It's eye-opening to consider the milestones along the way, and it helps us to plot our future course. By periodically reviewing events and evaluating them, we can keep from repeating our mistakes and hopefully learn from them. It was a wise person who once said, Whoever doesn't learn the lessons from history is destined to repeat them. After 40 years of wilderness wandering, the Holy Spirit led Moses to write down all the places they had traveled. This was in preparation for them now entering the promised land. It was looking back and looking forward. From Egypt to Canaan was an 11-day journey. But for the children of Israel, it lasted 40 years because of their unbelief and disobedience. In Numbers 33, Moses recorded the places where they camped, but he didn't say what happened there. As we've pointed out earlier in our study of Numbers, very little is recorded in Scripture about those 40 years. We have a few isolated and significant incidents that were recorded, but that's all. Most of the locations listed in verses 1 through 37 really are meaningless to us, so we'll skip over them. But when we get to verse 38, we read, Then Aaron, the priest, went up to Mount Hor at the command of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt. On the first day of the fifth month, Aaron was 123 years old, when he died on Mount Hor. We've covered this ground before, but we learn here that Aaron was 123 years old when he died, which tells us that he was about three years older than Moses. We aren't exactly sure of the location of Mount Hor, but according to the biblical narrative, it was likely somewhere between Kadesh and the border of Edom near the southern end of the Dead Sea. Verses 40 through 49 give us more names of places until the children of Israel arrived in the plains of Moab on the east side of the Jordan River across from Jericho. This is where they camped through the remainder of Numbers and also Deuteronomy until Moses went up to the top of Mount Nebo where he was able to view the promised land before he died on the mountain. Now, why did the Holy Spirit record 40 years worth of campgrounds with little more said than their names? I like what J. Vernon McGee says about this. It reveals that God noted and recorded every step that these people took. In fact, he was with them every step of the way through the wilderness march. I don't know about you, but 
I find it tremendously comforting to know that God is with me every step of the way. The Lord promises us in Hebrews 13, 5, and I read it from the Amplified Bible, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not. What a marvelous promise this is. Consider the fact that the 40 years of wilderness experience was the result of their disobedience. And yet, they still had the pillar of cloud guiding them by day and the pillar of fire by night. God never left them for a moment. And we can rest assured that as we've been made his people through faith in Jesus Christ, God won't ever leave or forsake us. Jesus said in John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you i will not leave you orphans i will come to you jesus hasn't left us alone he has come to us and lives in us through his indwelling holy spirit as he said just before he ascended into heaven be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now let me ask you this. As you look back over your life, can you think of a time since your conversion where the Lord wasn't there for you? Oh, you may have gone through times of affliction, difficulty, suffering, even deprivation, but hasn't he always been there to pull you through? And if he was there back then, won't he be with you today and tomorrow to help you through? We may look back and see the detours we've taken because of our own unbelief or disobedience. But we would have to confess that even in those times, God was faithful, taking care of us, giving us the good we didn't deserve. Our steps have been ordered by him through this journey of life. And if we continue to trust in him, then he will continue to order our steps until he takes us home. Verse 50. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan, across from Jericho, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy all their engraved stones. Destroy all all their molded images, and demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it, for I have given you the land to possess. God was very clear that when the children of Israel took possession of the land of Canaan, they were to devote the inhabitants of the land to total destruction. This began with destroying their sacred images and idols and shrines on top of the mountains. In some cases, the Israelites were to destroy every man, woman, child, and even animals. Many people have found fault with God because of this commandment. But God knew that the inhabitants of the land were vile, corrupt, 
idolatrous, and sexually perverse. Their practices were so wicked that the land was literally vomiting them out of it. Their molded images were pornographic with exaggerated sexual features. And because of their uncleanness, no doubt multiple diseases, including venereal diseases, were rampant among them. God had waited patiently for them to repent. He even let the children of Israel remain in Egypt 400 years until the wickedness of the inhabitants of the land reached a point of total depravity where God was fully justified in wiping them out. And Israel was his instrument of judgment. These people were already spiritually dead and left to themselves would soon perish from the land. But if they were not eliminated, then their idols and practices would be a contagion and they would infect and destroy others. The bottom line is that God is the holy judge of the earth. And we as sinners are in no position to judge him. The scripture tells us that as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are his ways above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. Verse 54, And you shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. To the larger you shall give a larger inheritance, and to the smaller you shall give a smaller inheritance. There everyone's inheritance shall be whatever falls to him by lot. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. God was equitable in how he would divide the land. The larger tribes would receive more land and the smaller tribes would receive less land. But the location of each tribe's inheritance would be determined by casting lots. This would prevent the human tendency of rushing ahead to get the best land for one's own tribe. God would determine by the casting of lots which tribe would get which land. Verse 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I thought to do to them. You know, many times we think we know better than God what is best for us or what we should do. Often we obey God, but only part way. We don't fully obey him. We don't fully trust him. If the Israelites fell short of completely driving out the inhabitants of the land, if they felt sorry for them and let some of them remain, then it would lead to Israel's demise. And of course, this is exactly what did happen. For although Israel would conquer much of the land and destroy many of the Canaanites, they would not obey the Lord completely. God said that by leaving them in the land, the inhabitants would be irritants in the eyes. You know, there's nothing more irritating than getting something in your eye. I was recently on vacation and I ran a 5K and I put sunscreen on. Well, it wasn't the waterproof kind. So as I was perspiring, it all went into my eye. And my goodness, that was irritating. But that's nothing compared to the pain that the Israelites would suffer because they failed to drive out the Canaanites. God also said that they would be as thorns in their side. 
Again, this speaks of painful piercings in the side that no matter which way they would turn, so the Canaanites would harass them in their land of promise. But eye irritants and even thorns in the side would be nothing compared to God's judgment if they followed the Canaanites in their vile and idolatrous practices. Then God warned them that as he intended to do to the Canaanites, he would do to them instead. Now we must remember that their crossing the Jordan River and going into the promised land is like us going into the new life of the Spirit. And we still have battles to face. There are giants of our old nature, of our old flesh, that need to be put to death. We are to reckon or consider ourselves to be dead to those things and no longer follow after our former lusts. And if we don't put those things to death, if we think that we can sort of go ahead and leave some of them around and and not put them to death utterly and completely, well, guess what? They're going to be a big problem for us. They're going to be irritants to our eyes, thorns in our sight, and ultimately God will have to judge us because we didn't judge ourselves. Remember, God has given us these stories here in Numbers as examples for us so that we might not follow their pattern of disobedience. If we know history, but we pay no attention to it, then we will make the same mistakes. But that will be to our shame, for God has given us ample warning. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where God gives Moses the boundaries of Israel on the west side of the Jordan River and how the land is to be divided among the tribes. It's a lesson on knowing what belongs to us and how to take possession of it. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 